Happy New Year! In anticipation of the new sermon series starting next week, we usher in 2023 with a sermon devoted to prayer. Here's First Pres Associate Pastor Tim Shaw. Uh, and we're super glad you joined us on this first um, Sunday of the new year. As I said earlier, we're getting ready to launch an eight-week sermon series about prayer starting next Sunday, January 8th. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about the power of prayer. As I said, we're going to worship together. We're going to have a chance to ring out the Christmas season with some wonderful songs. And we're going to hear a testimony of someone who has experienced the power of prayer. And we're going to spend some time praying together for ourselves, for our families, and for the community and for the world. I can't think of a better way to start the new year than doing what we're doing together right now. As I've said in the past, here's what I continue to discover. Um, when we put prayer at the center of our lives and our life together, the kingdom of God shows up in us, in our relationships, and in the world around us. That conviction is what we're in the process as a church of applying. We're going to see what God does as we, in a fresh way, put our trust in him and put him at the center of our lives and our life together. To be honest, this has been a struggle for me for a long time. It has been my tendency to put my skills, my abilities, my education, my spiritual gifts, my personality, to put me at the core of my life. It's true that who I am, it, it matters. All of that is important. It just doesn't belong at the center of my life. Only one person belongs there, and that is Jesus Christ. And prayer is one of the primary ways that Jesus takes his rightful place in my life. As I said back in November, the battle for that central spot in my life starts each day in the first 10 minutes I'm awake. Is it going to be email or Emmanuel? Email or Emmanuel? When I win that battle and choose Emmanuel, the God who is with us, the one who is waiting to meet with us, who longs to spend time with us, the impact for good in my day is usually pretty obvious. Doesn't mean I have perfect days. It just means that I have a whole different set of resources available to me. So here's what I'm discovering and rediscovering. Unless prayer is at the center of my life, unless a growing, vital, life-giving relationship with Jesus is at the core of who I am, it doesn't matter how many sermons or messages or encouragements that we make to one another about following Christ. All the exhortations to change our priorities, to seek first the kingdom of God, or to change some behavior that is draining the life out of us is going to have very little lasting impact. All those exhortations, if we do not have a vital growing, living relationship with God. So on the first day of this new year, let me encourage you, let me challenge you 
as I challenge myself to consider making prayer your number one priority in 2023 and just see what happens. That's a challenge that's gonna come with a lot of support if you wanna take advantage of it. We wanna help one another do that. But more about that later. So before I take a look at this passage uh, from the book of Acts today, let me just again pray, pray uh, for us. God, we come before you as people in need of your love and grace. We are so grateful that you are here with us, that your Holy Spirit is here and wants to fill us, refresh us, forgive us, set us free, guide us, and lead us. So thank you for being our teacher. Help us to be attentive to what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. The church of Jesus Christ was born in a hostile environment. The early leaders of the church faced all sorts of opposition from the religious leaders of their day, and the Roman authorities were not too thrilled with them either. These leaders, the Roman authorities, the, leaders of, uh, the religious leaders of the day, they thought they had put a stop to this Jesus business when they arranged for his crucifixion. They were wrong about that. They failed to anticipate what Jesus' next move was. How could they? Who would have expected that Jesus was still alive after witnessing his execution? And who would have expected that he was still on the move in the world? After his resurrection and after he ascended to heaven, he filled his followers with himself. The Spirit of God came upon his first disciples, empowering them to carry on the mission he had started. In the book of Acts, there is this remarkable story about the way the kingdom of God broke into the life of one man who had been unable to walk his entire life. One day, two of Jesus' followers, two guys named Peter and John, were used by God to heal this man who had sat begging at the gate of the temple for a very long time. When that man leapt to his feet for the first time, that caused quite a stir. When Peter and John began to explain how that man was healed, they started talking about Jesus. Peter and John said it wasn't them that healed the man. Not us, not our power or abilities. It was Jesus who healed him. And when they said that to the people who had seen this man on his feet, that caused all sorts of trouble. The religious leaders soon had Peter and John thrown in prison in an effort to try and shut them up. Maybe in a night in jail would sober them up. The next day they hauled Peter and John before their ruling council and told them that they needed to stop talking about Jesus and proclaiming in him the resurrection from the dead. But Peter and John responded boldly and directly to that demand. In Acts 4, verse 19, Peter says, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you 
or to him, meaning to God. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. That is absolutely amazing. God's kingdom broke into the life of this man and changed his life forever. Now watch what happens next. If you are able, would you please stand for the reading of God's holy word. From Acts chapter 4, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Notice that they, stand, they started their prayer by simply affirming who God is and what he has done. They began with praise and rejoicing, and now they have some requests to make. Verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So after praising God, they asked God for help, and he responded. And they yielded to what God wanted them to do in them and through them. Verse 31, after they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Quite a passage. Look at what happens. After being thrown in prison, after being challenged by the people in authority who had put Jesus to death, I'm struck by what Peter and John and their friends did. They didn't run for safety. They prayed. And what they prayed was also remarkable. They didn't ask God to make the authorities stop threatening them. They simply pointed out the reality of the situation they were facing and asked for greater boldness and courage to keep on doing what they were doing. And God answered that prayer. The place where they were praying was shaken and they were given the boldness they asked for. They didn't stop speaking about Jesus. In fact, they spoke the word of God even more confidently. They prayed for one another and their prayers were answered. God changed them. He gave them courage to face the threats to their safety and to their freedom. And God filled them up with his Holy Spirit when they prayed. That is just one kind of outcome that we can experience when we pray. And that is why I am so excited for what you and I are going to learn about prayer in the next eight weeks. We are going to learn more about how to draw close to God, to hear his voice, 
to pray for those we love, to intercede on behalf of the great challenges facing our world, to discover what we do when our prayers go unanswered. We're in for a great adventure. Peter, John, and their friends prayed, and God acted in response to their prayers. I'd like to invite our friend Kathy Makuakani to the stage, because I would ask her to read some sections from Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. That's the book that is connected to the prayer course. I'm going to have Kathy read a couple of extended excerpts from Pete's book to give you a taste of what's in this remarkable book on prayer. As I said, this book is an excellent companion for those who will be going through the prayer course, who want to go a little deeper. God has, in his infinite wisdom, given us agency in his world. Our prayers can make a difference in us, in the people we love, and in the world around us. So let's listen to Pete Gregg. Secretly, we wonder whether our little prayers can make any actual difference in the face of vast intractable problems, like a relative who is entirely resistant to the gospel, or a terminal diagnosis, or a government that is oppressing its citizens, or the tragedy of a natural disaster. Our whispered prayers can seem feeble, foolish, and futile, against the sheer scale of life's troubles, a butterfly confronting a cliff. And yet, the Bible teaches that our prayers are vastly powerful. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus doesn't just instruct us to pray personally for daily bread, but also for regime change, the coming of God's kingdom on earth. Elsewhere, the Apostle Paul urges us to intercede for kings and all those in authority. And in the Old Testament, God makes an astounding promise regarding the importance of prayer at times of national disaster. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. The forgiveness of sins and the healing of the land are entirely contingent on the intercession of God's people. What task could possibly be more important, more urgent for our world today? Thanks, Kathy. On May 23, 1940, King George VI of England went on the radio to speak to his nation. He called the people of Britain to a national day of prayer and millions of people responded. Standing in long lines, they gathered in churches across the nation to lift their voices in prayer on behalf of the nearly 400,000 soldiers who were at that moment trapped in France near the village of Dunkirk. The forces of Nazi Germany were bearing down on them. The Germans were ready to wipe them out. The Allies were facing an unrivaled military disaster. At one point, Winston Churchill, who was Britain's prime minister at the time, hoped that they might save, at best, 10% of the lives trapped on those beaches. 
If you've seen this film or know the outcome of this story from your own study of history, you'll, you'll know already that a miracle happened. People living those days uh, describe what happened as miraculous. But how easy it is to forget or overlook what preceded that miracle of rescuing all of those men. Is there a connection between those millions of prayers prayed on behalf of those trapped in France and the miraculous rescue? The miracle of Dunkirk is also about the courage of people who launched their own boats and sailed to France to rescue those soldiers on the beach. Prayer is often paired with bold action. But fundamentally, I believe the miracle of Dunkirk occurred because millions of people prayed. Some may think it's just a coincidence that people prayed and inexplicable things happened to rescue those soldiers. But as William Temple, Archbishop of Canterbury in the 1940s, is well known for saying, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. Here are some of the things that happened after millions of people prayed. Kathy, come on back up. She's gonna read another section from Pete Gregg's book. By the time the ships reached France, the ships under the command of hundreds of civilians, they were highly vulnerable to aerial attack. So too was the Allied army amassed like a sitting target on the beach at Dunkirk. And, but unseasonal storms blew up, battering the European mainland so violently that the Luftwaffe in that region was grounded, unable to attack. Meanwhile, Hitler had inexplicably ordered his ground forces to halt. For three days, they didn't move. His generals were furious, and military historians to this day are still baffled by this clear tactical error. And so, with the Luftwaffe grounded by an unexpected storm, and the German army restrained by its own commander, the Dunkirk evacua evacuations were allowed to proceed largely undisrupted until the Luftwaffe resumed their attacks on May 29th. On Wednesday, three days after the National Day of Prayer, and in sharp contrast to the storms of the previous day, an extraordinary calm, an extraordinary calm descended on the English Channel, precisely the benign conditions that the overloaded boats now needed as they sailed back to England. By the time that the German army finally renewed its attack, more than 338,000 men had been rescued, 10 times the expected number, including 140,000 French, Belgian, Dutch, and Polish soldiers. And that's not the half of it, of all the incredible things that happened. You can make up your own mind. Was it just a coincidence? Or was there a connection between the prayers of millions of people and the rescue of those men. I believe that God has, in his wisdom, given our prayers agency. We have the power to change our world when we pray. That's why I'm super excited to see what will happen in us and through us as we put once, Jesus once again 
at the center of our lives and pray. Next Sunday, January 8th, we're going to begin a new sermon series based on the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray when they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And you know what we're gonna call that series? Teach us to pray. Out of all the questions Jesus, his disciples, must have asked him, one of the questions that is recorded for us in the Gospels is this one. Jesus, would you teach us to pray? That's the question we're going to ask Jesus to answer for us over the next two months. As individual followers of Jesus and as a church, I think there is nothing more important for us to talk about and work on right now than this. Jesus, teach us to pray. We're also launching a companion eight-session prayer course in small groups, created by Pete Gregg, the author you've been hearing from. It will match up with the sermon series. If you're not in a small group already, or your existing small group um, it hasn't registered to go through the course, you can still do that. If you're not in a group, you can go online, and there's all the information about how you can sign up at fpchawaii.org. God answers prayers in the midst of national disasters. And he answers prayers in the heartbreak of our individual lives. I've asked our friend Linda Roberts uh, to share with us a little of her story of answered prayer in the wake of the loss of her beloved husband, Ken. God heard her prayer and gave her a wonderful gift. Would you please welcome Linda Roberts to the stage. Oh boy, happy new year everyone. I'm really blessed to be here this morning. I don't know exactly why I'm here, but I know God knows. And I know speaking of the new year, it's been a few years for all of us. It's been pretty fraught with fear and with division. And sometimes it has seemed like that's all there is. And in our earthly ways, I think that we find, we think that and see it. But if we look at the lens through God's eyes, we see that there's so much more there. My life went topsy-turvy about a year and eight months ago. And that's when I lost the person who was most precious in my life and our family. And I, we lost him to a respiratory illness. And from the time of his diagnosis, by the way, his name, if you met him through me, it was Kenny. If you met him with him, it was Ken. But he was always Kenny to us. And so we had a time of coming to terms. When I had Kenny in my arms, when he took his last breath and my youngest son was with me, I could not believe what had happened even though we had had three years from diagnosis to his passing. But those were three years of a gift that God gave us. 
to live our lives in a completely different way and to reach out for God. We'd always believed in God. We were searchers for many years in our life. Uh, we reached out in many ways. But finally, we found Presbyterian Church, the First Press Church. And it just resonated with us immediately. And it became a big part of our lives, a huge part. And it helped us to grow in our faith. I think that um, my loss of Kenny truly brought me to my knees. It was a moment of who am I? And particularly, who am I without him on this earth? But I've come to find that when you reach out, even though you may not be feeling it at the moment, God is always there. One time in church, I had been doing church at home, and then I decided that I would do it. And it was time to maybe try and come back to church. And on that morning, the pastor named uh, Rooted, the class of Rooted. I'd heard about it. I'd even asked a few people about it. And I did particularly after that day. But I didn't know that that was meant for me. I, I stayed away from bereavement groups. I didn't know that that was right for me. But somehow, Rooted started to grow in my heart. And I decided to, as they say, take a taste and see. Oh, I'm so happy I did. I signed up, 10-week course, uh, with people that I thought and probably knew would be total strangers to me. And we just all took the leap together. Um, there were eight of us. And I can tell you from the moment we walked into that room and into what Rooted had to offer us, it was so much more joy than sadness. We talked together, we became community. We laughed, more than anything, we laughed together so many times. And we just held each other up, and we talked of everything in our lives, and we talked openly with our hearts. I have eight new friends in my life, and now someone new. We've decided to stay as a small group, and I'm so thrilled that we all felt that way. And we've, we've also had someone else come into our group. And um, it has just been a complete blessing. A long time ago, there was an associate pastor in this church, Jim Miller. And he said something that I never forgot in church. He said, you know, a lot of people out there think Christians are weak. They need a crutch because they're so weak. And Jim said, but I don't mind that because all of us have a limp. And we certainly do. And we all know that. Well, we have limped along together and rooted. And it has been a wonderful, wonderful experience. So I just hope that you will think about it, learn more about it, we prayed, we worked together, and I hope you will take a taste and see. God bless you all.
Linda, Linda. I want to pray for her. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Uh, Rooted will come up again uh, after Easter, so, and Alpha will as well, but there's the prayer course is another community you might want to explore as well. But thank you for sharing your heart. Thank um, you, too. Let's pray. God, we thank you for, for Linda and for Ken and for their family and for the life that they shared together and what a gift that was to one another. What a wonderful uh, legacy of love that is a part of of us and a part of their life and family. Lord, we just pray that you continue to uh, draw close to Linda, fill her up, continue to bless her in this community, uh, that she would have a place where she can share her tears, uh, share her fears, and share her laughter. So we thank you for her, and in the beginning of this new year, give her uh, courage and, and continued hope that you have really good things in store in the year to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Well, we have been ushered into the presence of the living God uh, as we've sung together. And we're going to have a time of prayer. Patty Marshall, head of our prayer ministry, is here and she's gonna guide us through a way. If you're gonna be in in the prayer course, you're gonna learn how to pray in this way. It simply uses the word pray. And the P means we're going to pause and be still. And the R means to rejoice, to give thanks for what God has done and is doing in our lives. And then we're going to ask God to help us and to help others. And then the Y is to yield to his will in our lives, come what may. So this service has been building to this point where we are going to close the service in prayer. And Patty's going to guide you through. She'll be praying and guiding you along and giving you space to offer your own prayers. So Patty, thank you for leading us. Good morning. I come before you with my limp and my crutch. The message, the Bible in contemporary English, presents Acts 4 the Acts 4 Sermon Scripture today as one heart, one mind praying as Peter and John, and this is a quote, lifted their voices in wonderful, in a wonderful harmony. God hears this same harmony when we, re, we unite in our one heart, one mind praying each week. Similarly, it's music to God's ears when we treasure, and I mean treasure, our Jesus and me time each day to be with him, to listen to him, to attend to him, to sing to him at his feet, curled up in his lap, at his side, and even at the beach, to ask of him, create in me a longing for you, dear God. Give me a passion for your son, Jesus. So please join me now in praying our, our 
one mind, one heart, pause and pray prayer. So we will pause. As we enter prayer now, we pause to be still, to breathe slowly, just kind of recenter your scattered senses, if they are scattered, on the presence of God. Breathe in as you whisper, Jesus. Breathe out as you whisper, be the center. Jesus, be the center. Jesus, be the center. Holy Spirit, stir us to make you and prayer the center of our lives, the center of it all. Thank you for being the initiator of prayer, for inviting us to collaborate with you over matters of your heart. R is to rejoice, and R is to reflect. Today we rejoice and thank you, God, for all you have done for us in the words of one of David's psalms, Psalms 103, 1 to 5. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. And still with the R, we now reflect on the truth that you, you God, hear, listen, and answer our prayers. Isaiah 65, 24 says, Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. John 5, 14 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And Jeremiah, precious Jeremiah says in chapter 29, 12 to 13, 
then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And ask the A in pray. I want you to personalize part of this asking. Because in this asking place, we ask for ourselves. Isn't it wonderful that we can pray for ourselves? We ask for others. And we ask for situations and issues and matters. And so as you pray for yourself, I'm going to change the pronoun from we to I. Loving listener, I pray for myself. Examine me now. How have I let you down? What do you want me to do about it? Do I want you to guard my behavior, protect my mind, restore and strengthen me, give me wisdom, suppress my unbelief and supply my faith, arrange a divine appointment, enlarge my sphere of influence? What is it, Lord? What is it? I'm listening, I'm listening. Jesus, our intercessor, you tell us to pray for others and situations. Will you wrap your arms of love and comfort around Chris Nakamatsu and Sherry Shepherd, former FPC staff members and their families? Chris's dad, George Mukai, and Sherry's mom, Johanna Kupau, recently passed away. Will you embrace the family of Mary Schultz and Jens, her husband, because they are mourning their recent passing? Will you hold all of their tears and your heart, their hearts, and their hands in yours. Jesus, would you bring to mind right now the name of one you want me to pray for? Is there a local or wider world situation that is breaking your heart, Lord? Fill us as a church. Fill us as just people, one at a time, with your words, your heart, 
your healing and your hope for you fill in the blank. And Lord, now we are at Y, the yield, the yield. Would you breathe in again as you whisper, Jesus, breathe out, be the center. Jesus, be the center. Be encouraged and know that as we carry right now this Jesus and us time into the rest of the day, the Lord says to you from Psalm 66, 19, God has surely listened and heard my prayer. And we close with this. Jesus, be the center of our lives, of it all, from beginning to the end. Be the center of our lives, of it all. Amen. Amen. Take a breath. And now, once again, with our knitted together hearts, let's pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, hope it's up. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. If you would like to pray or talk with someone, um, we have members of our prayer ministry in the back, and they'd be happy to talk and to pray with you. But thanks so much for coming. Um, will you stand and receive this blessing? Now to God who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceedingly great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory and honor both now and forevermore. And God's people said, amen. amen. Happy New Year. God bless you and we'll see you next week. It's our hope that today marks the first day you get closer to God with prayer. Draw close to Him, and He will draw close to you. If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, visit our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Prayer sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. Join First Prayers for Church. We meet in person and online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus, 
10 a.m. at The Vine in Kaka'ako, or online through our websites. And remember, when you visit the website, check out the news page to keep up with everything that's happening at First Press. You can also sign up for emails, listen to or watch sermons, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Press can do for you, please reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, Happy New Year, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2023 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.